is Eric Oldman. You're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. In each episode, I connect with musicians, artists, and industry people who are involved with Chicago's underground and independent music scene. The show is really a conversation about our creative processes, our hopes, our dreams, and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city. Our guest for this episode is Danielle Sines. Danielle is a singer-songwriter who fronts the Chicago-based indie rock band Impulsive Hearts. While she's not uh, writing and performing with Impulsive Hearts, Danielle is a board member and coach for Girls Rock Chicago, a nonprofit organization who works with girls, transgender youth, and gender nonconforming youth, helping them develop leadership skills, uh, helping with self-esteem, and fostering creative expression through music performance. In addition to that, Danielle also is a volunteer with the Chicago Independent Radio Project, otherwise known as Chirp Radio, and she does a great job with uh, really showcasing local music from our scene uh, with her programming selections. Uh, She's on uh, Tuesdays there. Um, We'll put links up uh, to Chirp and also the Girls Rock Chicago on uh, the uh, feature page for our episode. And Danielle is also a licensed uh, marriage and family uh, therapist. So she's doing a lot of great things, helping out a lot of people during this uh, sort of tenuous time that we have uh, with the pandemic. Um, Danielle is also our first live guest uh, since I've rebooted the podcast. So uh, thank you so much for coming down tonight. And uh, let's kind of kick things off with a, a track here.
Name of that track was Melody. That's the first track off of the latest release from Impulsive Heart. It's called Cry All the Time. And uh, let's uh, get into our interview with Danielle. You had your own show last night at yeah, Bee Kitchen. We did. With Ovavau. Yeah. Those are awesome. Mermaid Envy, which I figured out like moments before stage that it was like envy, like the emotion. Okay. And I was thinking it was like Nevada. Anyway, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah, I, ma- I imagine just the buildup and then just the feeling of being able to perform. How, how, how was that last night, getting on stage? Oh, it was amazing. Um, I actually I have a smartwatch, and my sleep from last night, like it's like five hours of sleep because, you know, it's, you're like so wired afterwards. And uh, But, like, my heart rate the whole night while I was sleeping was, like, so high. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, this is actually monitored. So, yeah, it was was an adrenaline rush. It was so nice to have, like, monitors and a sound. And, like, Beat Kitchen sound system is, like, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So everything sounded really nice. Uh, Yeah, and it was so nice to be around, like, a really stellar lineup, too. And seeing, like, OFL, I was like, oh, yeah. This is exactly what I needed in my life. Like, so, yeah, all around great. There was a moment uh, last night too that like I sort of just got lost in like the feel of music too. Yeah. So <laughs> it was cool to have that back. What was different coming back to the show? Like, what, what was there anything just off or just? <sighs> uh, I feel like, you know, we did a lot of practicing, but I still feel like it was like still rusty yeah like shaky almost you know like it just felt like it felt good but it felt weird I think and then when it was like (laughs) when it was feeling really good I'd get like lost in it too much and then be like oh what just happened and the kind of like the sense of like you're kind of playing your first show again yeah you're you're just kind of out there and it's raw yeah exactly and like all the funny things that you forget about like i have a looping pedal that i always try and use at shows and it never works (laughs) it never does yeah and it never works and And so it throws the drummer off right yeah Yeah, right (laughs) yeah well we didn't even use it because the sound person was like i can't find it and i was like we don't have time like it was just like too crazy to do and it's, it's not needed that's the other piece too it's right. like it's like we we sound good without it it was also just like background noise for we played wasp and um from the first record and okay. like so we did like half old 10 songs half old half new okay and all fast that was also another everything thing. was higher tempos <laughs> there were no the songs <laughs> yeah yeah you're right. just was that more of a nervousness of playing out again for the first time or just you just wanted to hit the stage I didn't, hard? Yeah, yeah I take didn't. Take no prisoners kind of thing. Oh, my God, I can't even. Like, we have some, like, slower, sad ballad song. I just, like, ugh, I don't even want to. Like, they're fine yeah. to have. But Upbeat, right? Yeah, I just, it, like, let's not make it a downer show. Like, I don't need to make anybody cry. We are like, not a... <laughs> We've done so, enough. <laughs> so within the last week with venues, we, we've seen a lot of postings about, you know, wearing masks, checking for vaccinations. How rigorous were, were the uh, door people with that last night? Very rigorous. Um, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, it was funny, too. We had our sound checks, and I was saying to 
um, I was saying to the, one of the singers from Mermaid Envy because she did her sound check and her mask. And I was like, are you going to sing in your mask? Like, I haven't practiced singing in a mask. I don't know if I, you know. Right. And she was like, no, I'm not. And so we had like this whole, like, we're going to do it like this. But everybody in the venue did. I mean, we were, I think that's a, like one of my favorite things about Chicago because like if you go other places, especially around <laughs> around us yeah. it's like you know you just don't see that sort of no. like ad- adherence and yeah. uh it was pretty interesting i mean just getting outside of talking about your show but in the last week seeing all of the major venues saying we're all in support of this yeah you know, i think the first person that dropped the message was metro mm-hmm. and metro is always like our bellwether right if metro is doing it everybody else is gonna, right they're right. gonna follow suit you're gonna follow whatever joe shanahan's up to but yeah so then just seeing like the succession of posts on like for the last week and then you know we shared your post and i thought that was really clever um but it, it's good how did how was the audience like what, what was the audience like because this is also kind of this new paradigm of like we, we want to get back to live music, but carefully. Yeah. Have you been? No, I have okay. not seen a live show yet. A part of it is my partner is a little nervous. Yeah. She's a little uh, hesitant. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got to be the, the the right band and at the right venue. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of not that far behind that either. I'm kind of waiting. And then it's just the logistical things, you know, um, on top of that. But, yeah. yeah. So my first, so this was my... I think third show back okay. or being, you know, a person at a venue as well. Um, but my first show was drama at um, Lincoln Hall at a Lollapalooza after show, but it was before they played. But anyway, yeah. um, but it was before the mass mandate happened. So no one in the venue really was wearing masks. Right. And it was packed. Oh, wow. And I was like, and that was my first. And I was like, well, I guess this we're doing it. This is what we're doing. Right. And there were maybe like five people, I would say, in the venue, other than staff. I mean, staff and like, you know, it was weird, though. So then the next show that I went to was the Emily Jane Powers uh, release show. And everybody there was like super respectful, yeah. aside from like actively drinking, which everybody does. Everybody does. Right. But like, I felt like it was like, you know. Put your mask on. Right, sip. Take it. Sip take down, off. Sip yeah, away. exactly. Like <laughs> it's a know. new protocol, right? Yeah, I know. And they're bringing back like straws, but like that are better. Like ever, like Beat Kitchen has these great straws, and I was like, thank God, because cool. You need a straw anyway. Um, so yeah, so it was a little. I feel like it was like the energy was fun, but like hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no one was like really like mosh pit dancing. Right. It was like. You know, kind of easing back into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice though, um, and it was it was nice to play to like a well-packed room too, which was. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing I think about. I mean, just on the side of offense as somebody who's a supporter of the scene, but also as a fellow musician, I myself am not ready to take my band back out on the road. Um, mm-hmm. For that reason, it's just I don't. I just we're not ready yet musically and then my my bandmates just they have different things and different dependencies with their loved ones where they can't really commit to yeah playing mm-hmm. out a lot right now so we're kind of chilling we're writing a new album that yeah, kind of kind of stuff you know but um but my, my hat's off to you know 
you, you going out there and just, all right, it's time to do this. We're ready. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because we sat on that record and right. that was hard. Because well, you released it <laughs> during the pandemic, we right? We released it and before the pandemic. Oh, right before, right? Right before. Yeah. I, I Our release same. show yeah. was like when it shut down. I can't remember when the shutdown happened. The 17th yeah. of like March. March. Yep. Our release show was the 19th. Oh, my God. So we would, but we didn't, yeah, I don't think we had to cancel it. It was right. like one of those ones that we could have had it and then had our conscience on our hands, I guess, you know, but like we legit talked about like seriously, like, well, what if we had like a Lysol misting station? Like we just didn't know anything. It's so right. funny. Yep. So stupid. But, you know, I'm glad that we didn't, um, but it was hard to sit on it and it was hard to play the live or the like internet live shows because you don't have that. Yeah. You know, my it's, husband can be like, woo. And I'm right. like, shut up. <laughs> shut right. up. The right. One, the one person clapping right. in the background. I mean, yeah, right. yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah. So yeah. So that, I mean, that was nice. And it was nice to also like share it, I think, and have the, that energy. Yeah. Have that energy and have that, like that sound out there, especially because it, you know, actually being able to hear yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nice. just, I, I mean, the, the, that experience of playing live is, is that nothing can beat that, you know, especially yeah. when you got a good room and a good system oh and, and, and a nice audience too, on top of that. Yeah. Cause there's just a certain energy that, 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 that sound, you never get that in a practice space or a studio. No, right. You yeah. got a really nicely tuned Maybe room. Maybe in this room, but yeah. yeah. Everything's on interior. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it. Yeah. Um, but like at B Kitchen, yeah, because once they get those subs going, and oh you can feel God, the bass right. and the kick drum yeah, and all right. that, all together, and then everything's yeah. in your face, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly. the good stuff. Um, yeah, oh, I was gonna say something else, but I forgot. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um. So what's next now for Impulsive Hearts? Are you guys doing more shows or? Oh yeah, um, we are playing Saturday, the twenty eighth of August at um, Reggie's, in the not the big room, but the little oh rock, the music joint yeah, yeah. music joint yeah. with like a really stacked bill of yeah like some pretty like up and coming kind of artists, which I'm excited about. Um, so yeah, that's the there's and then we're also trying to figure out like having an actual proper record release show and maybe doing something with Midwest action. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, cause that originally that was going to be our release shows. We were going to do a showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be nice also just because, right. You know, there's, we had like 200 vinyl and like, right. I'm sure Midwest so would like to move more cause we never had a release show. <laughs> like I'm sure that that was part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So support local music yep and stay tuned for that date right we'll definitely he'll promote that as well so that's cool um one yeah i have been noticing especially again in the last couple of weeks too like seeing a lot of bills come out like you're saying stacked Mm -hmm. like the people that i know in these other venues who are talent biters and promoters like they're not messing around like yeah really i mean it's not that they're ignoring local talent they're just really paying attention now and putting the right bands together. The bill that you right. had last night was fantastic. Right. Kalawaki yeah. did a great job. And uh, yeah. yeah. It all made sense and right. led like so nicely, streamlined throughout. Um, yep. Yeah, no, and there's been really... I, and even like DJs, too, I feel yeah. like they're just being more... 
It's often. conscientious, yeah. right? There's more of an intentionality around really making that that live experience count now. I think. Yeah, totally. I, I think part of the trepidation of we don't know with the Delta variant if we're going to have to go back down again, mm-hmm. or it's just all right, hurrah, or, or it could be just we're done. It's like all right, let's make the most of this now. Right, right, right. It's it, it's yeah, it's different, and it, it's not necessarily about the bucks per se, as it is about I think that's. It, who I'm seeing put on these shows and put these bills together is more about like it's really the, the, the greatest live experience you could potentially get with that group of musicians. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. So I guess another thing that has been a difference from when we recorded Cry All the Time to now yeah. is that we had members change. Okay. Roles. So how did that? How did the member change? Yeah. Impact like the, the material. Yeah. So so. Um, the bassist that's on Cry All the Time, his name is Doug Hoyer, and uh, he is originally from Canada, and so he moved back to Canada as the pandemic right. happened, uh, but had plans to do it anyway before then. But uh, yeah, so that's the big shift. And so Jess Lamaster, who uh, previous to that was playing violin, was like, I would like to actually play bass. And so she shifted into that role. She bought her guitar, la- or her new bass guitar, and like debuted it at the show last night, oh, too. Wow. So, yeah. So, so her, first, her first time playing bass in the lineup? With a pedal as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, very exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was cool. And um, so Dan, who's also, uh, Dan Julian's on the records, but he lives in Michigan. So like okay. any of those, you know, late night weekday shows, Amanda Krause plays drums and she played last night. Okay. And she's been practicing with us a lot and has done a lot of the other like um, live stream sort of stuff too. Uh, and then Fallon uh, McDermott is... Uh, saxophonist and a keyboardist and she was on the record but really started especially in the pandemic we've gotten into the first record and she's put like saxophone parts to oh, wow. so your material has evolved yeah extensively then yeah too. Okay. yeah we're like legit it was it was funny we we ended last night with uh, a track called you know i love you and uh it sounds so cool to have her sax. Like, it's not in the recording. Right. So, like, having that, I was like, we should record this yeah. and, like, oh, release yeah. this in some way also because it would be, right. you know. And she loves that song, too. So That's cool. And it's fun to scream hmm. and say obscenities and such. Um, yeah, and then Adele Nicholas is on guitar, and uh, she... Doug also wrote a bunch of guitar parts, and so she's playing a lot of those and then coming up with her own stuff, Do too. you write with a different group of people and then perform live with another, or is it more of a transitional kind of thing? Yeah, so I I tend to uh, come with, like, this is what the songs are, okay. and I don't know, like, the the jamming or the kind of, like, direction of the song happens more with practice, Um but yeah, like we're so I also have written another record in the pandemic mm-hmm. and like kind of before the pandemic. Um, so that's also been something that we were focused on before we started focusing on playing shows when we were like, are we going to be able to do this? We met and like, you know, everybody was that. in, right? Yeah, yeah. practice that way too. So yeah, it sort of evolves. Um, and I, I guess the, another thing that I've 
realized about myself is that I really enjoy the recording process. Yeah. And like that's part, I think, of the process of how the song ends up more. Mm -hmm. Like you can plan for things and yeah. jam, but I don't know. I feel like that's it's really a different my part of your part of your brain. Yeah. When you're composing and arranging and yeah, kind of that. Um, thinking about it from like um this is probably a somewhat dated reference with brian wilson from the beach boys about yeah how that was his canvas as a painter you yeah know, sonic mm -hmm. painter yeah yeah so i feel like that is uh that's sort of what i i i was um brian fox recorded the last record and we did like um a weekend in michigan where we recorded at a studio there yeah and it was really like you know don't no sleep yeah. just like be insane scream so you get really the the, the being in the studio itself is like, like kind of it feels exactly that. like a show in right. a lot of ways yeah, yeah. and then and i get and you're driven by the creative process with yeah that. and know. i burn everyone else out and mm -hmm. then sleep for three hours and then you're and sitting then there like the, behind the mixing <laughs> desk or whatever or no i let brian do all of that you, you know, you yeah know. the first record yeah. i did all of that and then i felt it's like mad, i got no, like, it's maddening yeah, yeah just like crazy stripes in my hair right yeah there are like photos of of me that are tagged on the internet of me with like my hair all down and just <laughs> like hunched over, being like, "What the fuck? Yeah. Like, what is happening?" So yeah, I I was like, "Please, uh, no, thank you." And uh, Madison Moore from Absolutely Not also joined in to record. Oh, nice. She wanted to learn, like, and they uh, they're engaged, and so it okay. was like a real fun family trip <laughs> oh, awesome <laughs> yeah. right i was the baby no <laughs> but that's cool yeah so looking forward to doing that again possibly this winter i one thing i did notice i did i did take a listen to your recent album um and some of your earlier stuff just to get a sense of like ab the the, the newer stuff seems a lot more um upbeat yeah so there's a little bit of darkness in some of your older material. And granted, this is me at the gym with, like, with my Spotify account, like just trying to dive into the impulsive hearts of like what your tunes sound like. But yeah, yeah and then the noticeable thing, what, the irony of it being released in the pandemic, or maybe it's a catharsis or maybe yeah. it's like a sort of a medic medicinal kind of thing of like, I'm going to put this really kind of uplifting album of uplifting material out there. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, it was just markedly different. And was there something that kind of informed that, or was it just more of an organic thing? I think it was more organic, and also the recording venue changed a lot. Okay. Um, an interesting thing. It'll be curious to hear your take on this because Brian has also, during the pandemic, um, remixed the first record. Oh wow! So he got all of my Garage Band and like did your, whatever your magic. Masters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. My masters, uh, and uh, yeah, and like fine tuned them okay. and probably I don't know. Like I legit was like. <laughs> I remember there's this amazing text message where I'm like, wow, this is really great. I feel like, and he's like, yeah. And I feel like I pinpointed like the part where the band broke up and like the current, right. like, like it was just like, no, nah, like you towns. could hear like right. all of us be like, we don't have any more stamina to do this recording and yeah. continue for any more days. So yeah, like there was a file in on my computer that I found that was called finish the album. So huh. I thought that that was pretty telling of it's a nice little Easter egg, right? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, so 
Anyway, so yeah, so Brian and I, Brian redid, and it's we're gonna re-release it. We just don't know about timing yet, so we're kind of just sitting on it. Um, Let's take a break and listen to another track off of Cry All the Time. This one is called Alien.
how did you get involved with um, Chirp? Just oh, yeah. So your, your background with that, because you're, you're kind of all over that. Like I've noticed like when the days you're on for your DJ gig, like you're, you're up. And then the thing I, I like about it, too, is just you're really kind of pulling in a lot of locals, particularly yeah, totally. with what you do. And that resonates with me. It's my focus. So. Yeah, totally. So um, I feel like I, I'm going to start a little note on my phone that's like, hi, I'm Danielle, and I work with the Chirp Radio music department, and I saw <laughs> that you have a single. Can you please send it to me? Because right. that's what I feel like I do all the time, Right. Um, which yep. is cool, which I like doing. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I just I, – it's mostly because I want to stay – relevant in the like in yeah. the ever-changing i feel like really in chicago too there's like a i don't know the pandemic really shifted i feel like a lot of Absolutely. things had to shift and so there's going to be yeah. a lot of new vans coming in i just Absolutely. feel like it's a new wave and yeah. yeah um and i'm you know i'm sad that certain things are done yeah. um but you know i'm also it's like a new generation coming up and that's cool too. You hear what they have to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And part of it's just, there's, uh, I think just in terms of timing and logistics and more statistical anyways, um, there's a whole bunch of, they're not necessarily kids anymore. They're coming out of college yeah. now. Yeah. Um, the, the zoomers as they're called, right? Poor things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, they all got something to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, that, that's going to be an interesting thing to listen to and watch as, as they kind of come into the scene now, Yeah. you know, um, for sure. So that, that's cool. Uh, and then what days are you on with Chirp? Do you have like a set? Yeah, I'm on Tuesdays from noon to three. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I definitely, uh, I started there actually, so I had like followed the station for a bit, but like after they've kind of played our music, like I felt like a, I don't know, a stronger connection. I was like, wow, this is really cool that someone like they gave us like a number three for when the right. first record was released, and I was like, wow, that's nuts, yeah. like that, and that opened a lot of doors too in the music scene, which is really yeah. Cool. They have um, a, a unique space. Mm -hmm. um, and I see a lot of bands that could play on there too. Like they, you know, it, it is like it's almost like this weird sort of underground chart system. Yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, that's that's really good validation for all you guys that are out there on that. Yeah. You know. Yep. And then um, I was on WGN's uh, one of their yeah. uh, shows, and Pete Zimmerman works there, and mm -hmm. he had mentioned he like mentioned something to me like you should volunteer for Chirp. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you could be a DJ if you had DJ experience. We somehow got talking about DJ experience. Right, so. right. Anyway, but yeah, so that was kind of the the seed that was planted that I was like, okay. And now I'm really kind of, I don't know, like I realized during the pandemic that I'm like, like vaguely proud. I'm like, wow, yeah. you set out to all your little, like all your little music goals. So validation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just cool to have that representation and, and just to kind of be a resource for your your scene too yeah. like that too. And as time has gone on like the, the whole genre blending is I, such a thing right, yeah i, I know, know. It, I know. generationally now it's like it used to be very you're either indie rock you're punk or you're metal yeah and none shall cross yeah you know? right and this was i would say 2010s 2015 it was very segregated and like everybody thought i was nuts because i like all i like everything you yeah know? yeah um and i like the stuff that kind of blends together but there, you know the metal guys all looked at me like well you listen to indie rock I'm like, <laughs> and, and i listen to punk 
<laughs> you know, um, and yeah. that just oh, such stupidity. But yeah, and as I as I started doing the, the guest curation with people and bringing people in for interviews and stuff, like that sensibility is kind of like died off. Yeah, which I'm I'm really happy about. You know, yeah, like nobody has this like like hardcore like genre identity anymore. It's yeah. just about. This is our music scene in Chicago. It's still thriving, even though it's a pandemic. There's a lot mm-hmm. of really good bands out there. There so, is, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I get into the. I don't, this has been a fun kind of thing for at Chirp too, where like I won't intentionally be pay, playing like all like female or trans or right. gender expansive artists, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, it's been like 45 minutes, and you've been just doing that, so yeah. Like, it's a takeover. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing that I've noticed, too. That Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw some boys in. Yeah, just mix it up yeah. a little bit, yeah. right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, coming back to that, too, um, that sort of paradigm now about gender. Yeah. You know, that was another thing. Like, I had a band 10 years ago, and we were female-fronted. Mm-hmm. Oh, but my God. That I is know. such a stupid trope, right? It, it was, yeah, I and know. our vocalist at the time, she's like... I, we, I hate that. Like, yeah, I'm just a singer. Like, yeah. I can't just be recognized for my talent. Right. Like, yeah, you should be, but yeah. you go to every promoter. Oh, female fronted metal. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And let's put them all on the same bill. Everything in the same box because <laughs> right. it doesn't matter if they completely don't sound like anything right. each other. But it's 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 like they all look alike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when we like when we first started when I first started playing out too, it was like 2013, and so mm-hmm. like a lot of that too was like. Like, it was fun in some ways because I met people that I became friends with, but I was also like, yeah. this makes no sense. And no. it's just like, it it's feels just, like girls' night or something stupid. Yeah, like, it's pandering, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and now we just do it on purpose, but at least it's, it's like... Right. <laughs> yeah. you, know. you choose to do it, or it's it, yeah. it's just kind of a, a ironic kind of poke at that whole yeah. trope of... Yeah, right, yeah. Right. <sighs> so... And, yeah, and then the whole the whole premise of gender now too. And that's just something as I've gotten back into doing this, and then up the playlist, and just seeing more new, like you're saying, with the newer musicians coming in, mm-hmm. that ident- identity, those kind of like with the genres, the identities that go along with them are yeah. kind of um, blurring. Yeah, blending. Yeah, totally. and none of that really is relevant anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's really about the quality of which I like the quality of the music. Yeah, you know? right. Doesn't yeah. matter he, she, they, whatever their pronouns are. Um, it's just, are they putting out good music? You yeah. Know? And, and it's been, I, yeah. And it's been nice to see a lot more recognition right. as well in the scene. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also, you know, like giving more, I think attention and spotlight and, you know, like awe, for example, yeah. it's like an amazing band and, uh, gender expansive mm-hmm. and, like it doesn't I don't know it's like part of the identity and it, yet it's also not about it in the it's like about yeah their music and right as yeah um yeah and it's interesting too I can talk about girls rock too yeah because that's segue yeah segue because <laughs> that is such a it like their programming and just like the information that they give uh our community and um, around and like just awareness uh, around like trans issues. I feel yeah. like I've learned so much volunteering for them. Um, How did you get in- involved with Adele, them? Adele, my again, yeah, <laughs> my favorite Chicago 
homie. Uh, yeah. yeah, she she volunteered. Uh, I feel like she's been volunteering for ever. And I feel like we played a show together and she told me about it. And I was like, yeah. Um, and that, I mean, I feel like I've learned so much too from volunteering there from the kids that come in yeah. and just like, just, I don't know. There's so much, there's so much more woke and like, yeah, smarter. And I feel like having the technology early yeah. and being able they to get, look up the whole world is just a, um, inundated with so much more information at a younger age. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I see it in my son too. Um, and he's just the amount of information he can process and speak to even as a 16 year old, it's, it just blows my yeah. mind. I'm thinking about the stuff I did when I was 16. It's like, yeah, I know. You know, I know, I know. I, yeah, I think, I think about right. that too. It's like, I, you yeah. know, like what were my, what was my awareness of gender right. at 16? Right. Like other than tomboy. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> slut shaming. Like, I mean, just think yeah. about like the things that were just, oh, what was that? There was like a Netflix special or something that was like about uh, the, not the warp tour, but like one of those fasts. And it was like, so yeah. just like how women were treated in yeah. the music scene. The whole, the whole like, thing with Britney Spears. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. There's That's a, another there's good point. There's kind of the lightning rod of all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is the rise of right of, of that yeah. in a way. Right. And, you know, and hopefully a, a, <laughs> a queer, genderless, something new way forward of... Yeah human yeah i mean it's the, the the idea of like in the last what 10 15 years of just disruption of everything like disruption of norms disruption of technology disrupting things but also societal norms getting disrupted yeah right? you know things that were sacred traditions or sacred or these sort of cis white patrician values and views of the world that are just kind of now kind of eroding yeah dismantling totally. the, exactly yeah you know um so like you're going back to your point with you know, you're waiting this next generation you're seeing this next generation kind of come up and you know this these are the things they're bringing with them now that's not even like they're not even playing up that that's just who they are you know mm -hmm. that they're just they they they're fully immersed in it they don't have to find their way with that that part of them is already formed you know so um so there's a lot of, it sounds like with Girls Rock Chicago, you're doing a lot, like a lot of mentoring and just kind of, yeah. is it like band coach type stuff yeah. or music teacher? Or? Both, yeah. Oh, okay. So you can, um, so lately it's been all over the internet, but in the past and hopefully the future, it will be, it's a summer program. Okay. And so it runs a week long. And in that week you learn an instrument that's generally a air quotes rock instrument. Right. Um, and so you have lessons in the morning and then band practice in the afternoon. Okay, cool. And then they play at, at the weekend at the showcase. Oh, okay. They play like Talia Hall. Oh, nice. So they get like a they get real a taste. Yeah. A real taste of what it's like. They have like backstage. So it is like coaching in that yeah. way. Um, everyone cries. It's like the craziest yeah. thing. Uh, so, and that's the other thing about every, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Everyone in my band also, I have met through girls rock. Oh, wow. So that's, that's that wild. Is, yeah. Except for Dan who lives in Michigan. Right. And yeah. I have known from college, okay. but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so that's the, 
yeah, that's kind of the connector too. And like Fallon and I met because we were like carrying up boxes or R- doing right. some sort of manual labor and okay. she put on a playlist and I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> be my friend. And then I learned she played saxophone. I was like, yes, also be my friend and be in my band. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, do you, with the girls talk about, you know, just, and this is kind of going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago with just these sort of norms and construct, like the whole sexism in the music industry. Like, how, how mm-hmm. do you address that with the girls at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's there. It's just, yeah. right. Yeah, and I, and I think, um, oh, man, and the, and the role models that they get, too, are all Chicago musicians. Oh, cool. That, like, yeah. Donna from Juna yeah. is, like, yeah. plays... Uh, the, teaches guitar. The, does the weird thing with yeah, the, the, the yeah. guitarist pedals and so all that. So imagine yeah. you're getting guitar lessons from her. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. That so, is really cool. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> I guess, that's how. Yeah. And I feel like it's like you see these strong, independent. Right. And, you know, uh, and also it's like so transformative uh, for them. Like, I feel like the therapist side of me is like, like, oh my God, I saw so much growth. <laughs> like I saw so much growth and change. And like, yeah. I saw you go from like a tiny little thing that didn't want to go on stage and didn't want to play a bass it's to like, become their identity yeah, to sense. be like, yeah. you know, I'm going to make a song called Hamilton farted and I'm going to like own it. Yeah. And like, it's going to rule. <laughs> that, that is fantastic. Um, and then the stuff with the showcases, are those open to the public or is that just within the camp itself? Like, like I know School of Rock kind of does that, and that's more of a for-profit type thing. Yeah, but you can. You can. Oh, they, they you do follow public. Girls Rock on uh, cool. social media, yeah, there's, you can go to the showcase and, okay. and openly cry with us. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, all right, so those are kind of the three areas. Did you want to talk about the intersection of like your therapy and being sure if a you musician? Want. Sure, maybe because this is really more about you versus how you you help the community kind of thing. Yeah, maybe like the um, I guess there's like a lyrical connection. It's interesting to me that you found the second record the latest record to be uplifting yeah because i feel like it's sad <laughs> sonically though it's, oh yeah yeah I mean, like lyrically wise i'm still processing it yeah but yeah yeah lyrically it's like right can i swear yeah it's fucked up yeah. <laughs> like lyrically it's a little fucked up okay um there's like so ugh. so i like write songs and then like keep them and then like store them and then move kind of I do it more as therapy I guess and so like that's so I feel like in some ways these are all little time capsules in a way it's like a journal yeah it's like a weird it's a weird journal yeah um so like for example I'm trying to think which songs but there are like my grandma died and there are like lyrics or there's like parts of like the demo where I'm like singing a harmony but it's like sing crying sort of you know like things like that. So there's that. I had a close friend that uh, completed suicide, oh, and I'm so sorry. there's like a lot of that yeah. is like embedded kind of in the end. Um, 
So uh, you do a lot of processing through your writing. It is like my therapy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, so that's, I think that's a big piece of it. Um, and it's also like the cathartic mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. like an expression as well. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I, I deal with some heavy things and try and like, I don't know, like there's, um, I can never remember my own song titles. Uh, <laughs> there's one that's like at the very end that's like very much uh, like about, oh, even Exodus Evening, actually. Exodus Evening is a great example of like something that sounds like it's upbeat, but is actually like all about kind of death. And, okay. Yeah. And like the idea of the angel of death, like that biblical mm-hmm. <laughs> angel of death and like that sort of the mental and mind state of where I am. And it's like about doing anything to try and save someone, essentially. Exodus evening, it's the way to leave and some say it's the way to the few. And it would take some time, it's usually mine. It's anything the least I could do.
Tell me about your favorite guitar, like you perform <laughs> with. Oh, I don't know. I'm like... Because you got to have one, right? I know. There's one that you, you prefer to bring with you or that goes out on stage versus the one that might stay home you write with. Uh, yeah. Your, your beater or that is a good. That is a good distinction. I think... So uh, I am fortunate to have a dad who... Plays. Loves music yeah. and loves to buy guitars. Same. Yeah. It's a weird... It's like, I'm not complaining because yeah. I've gotten a lot of guitars that... Oh, so, yeah. Currently, probably very nice ones. Too. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. So I actually I bought a right before pandemic land yeah. and for the show I bought like a Gretsch and like it's oh, real cool. nice and I really enjoyed playing it. Um, but then my dad got me or didn't like the fretboard of <laughs> a, a Telecaster. <laughs> things things your parents are concerned yeah. about. <laughs> As you're an adult, yeah. that that fretboard, that's just not going to yeah, go. Nope, 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 nope. I got to get like, you a new one. Yeah, I was like, okay, I don't know. This seems like a per- perfectly, like, I don't know. He really wanted to do some sort of, I don't know, something. So, he so really does he wanted. actually work on guitars too? Or is yeah, he built, oh, well, in the pandemic, here? he built his own guitar. Oh, that's cool. Uh, even before then, like, he was like a guy that would build his own cabinets and stuff like that when he was a teenage rock star. So Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah. So currently I like the Gretsch, but now I feel like it's so heavy. (laughs) So I just didn't want to play it. Is it just like a a solid body? Like a ball type? Okay. Um, and, but it's got that like big, big B, Ben B. Big B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think right now it's this Telecaster because it's a little beat up. It's got really great sound. And I might be buying a new amp because I've been practicing on a practice space amp that I like more. Yep. And now that I come home to my amp, I'm like, I think it might be time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Things that, uh, the, the amp, the equipment's like clothing. I mean, if you look at your, your sound as a musician, is like an extension of who you are. Like, and that's the one thing, like my partner always kind of like, because every 10 years I buy a guitar. And it's like, I mean, and that's conservative because it's like I could probably easily go, oh, yeah, every every month or if I had the money, right? But yeah. yeah. Every, every 10 years I treat myself to a guitar. So that's kind of my, my track record, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need one, but it's like the, it's like shoes or clothes. Yeah, or It's just part of your do. identity and you it changes. Yeah, it right. totally does. And yeah. sometimes I feel like yeah. like I used to always play a Stratocaster yeah. and then – I don't know. Just lost, I just, just like it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's like you. for a certain sh- type of show, I guess. You, right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's fun to whip out. Like Adele and I have kind of the same color guitars. I don't yeah. remember what hers is, but so like You'd occasionally coordinated. we'll coordinate and right. I'll be like, yeah, I'll play that one. So, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Telecasters are cool. It's it's like such an understatement of a, an instrument and as a piece of art, you know. But, like, it's ubiquitous at the same time. Like, there's so many, like, if you, you look at, like, old pictures of, um, like, studio guys from the 60s or studio players from the 60s, um, a lot of them played Telecasters because they were such workhorses and they sounded great, yeah, you they, know? I love the they're, reverb they're on it. It's oh, like, yeah, that's yeah. my, it's, it sounds, and it's, like, such a, it's a richer sound. And that's yeah. the same thing with the Gretsch, too. Like, yeah. It's too heavy. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. Especially live. You, you, you start getting a little bit older, you're like, Ugh. Yeah, no, I and like after I had an ACL issue, and then right. I, I like something in my back, like 
did something. I don't know. It was like a burst disc. I was like, what has happened? I cannot move. So I'm like still getting back. Yeah. The pandemic was really interesting for me because I was also like a little bit immobile in a time that you had to slow down. (laughs) And so it felt very much like I was like, oh, this universe is like, what are you doing? (laughs) Something happened or just coincidentally like you started dealing with pain? I was working out. uh, I think it's just ACL stuff Mm. still. I don't know. Yeah, yeah hips my mom has joints yeah right. my mom had to get her hip replaced and the things oh, that wow. she's talking about and i'm like yeah, scary i'm like no i'm like damn it that sounds like my future right it's gonna happen you, you just see it right yeah like, i'm like no wow. i know this thing that you're talking about right yeah, yeah. no i had a you're starting I, to get those little pangs oh like, my god i got right. one of those um yeah. back like cortisone shots yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the craziest experience that I feel like, like I'm not having children and, but that was probably like maybe You're close enough. Yeah. Close right. enough. And, and yeah, I'm like, it's kind of like a tattoo. I'm like, yeah, give me another of that. Yeah. That would be really great. Actually. Hit me again, right. Yeah, yeah. Hit me again with that <laughs> weird pain in the middle of my back. And then and that's the other thing I'm thinking about too, of like playing live. It's like, all right, well, if you like to move around a little bit and then it's just like, yeah. And then, you know, if, depending on how big your pedal board is as a guitar player or you know if you're cueing people and stuff too it's like i so my band hasn't rehearsed at all during the pandemic and we do so much with because we're all instrumental with eye contact and just <laughs> reading each other man that's um, that's a hot topic in our band <laughs> i can't maintain eye contact and do anything right well you got to <laughs> sing right so uh, you, you got to be engaged with the audience right? i can't look at i just close my eyes and pretend that i'm riding a ride that's how i feel Wow. <laughs> so you don't use any effects or anything? You I just do, plug in? but like I just... Just as like one or two things? The, yeah, I only have right. three pedals. I okay. just like keep it muddy. But, but you, you just really just kind of go in in this sort of like... Um, almost like a closure, enclosure kind of vibe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're not like, hey, everybody. No. Right? I tried a little bit for the last show, but... Yeah. But only because it had been something that we've talked about extensively. And right. then I was like, great, I'm going to try and make eye contact with you when I'm ending a song. How would that be? <laughs> so everybody <laughs> just has to kind of follow you then and like figure yeah, out what you're doing. And try and read my mind right. as I'm. Look at the back of your head. What is, yeah, what is that right? saying? Right. As yeah. I'm like filled with adrenaline and yeah. just like playing the song twice right. as fast as we rehearsed it. Cause, yeah. But yeah, no. And I was going to do it in heels last night. <sighs> And then at the last minute, I just didn't yeah. have time. <laughs> so yeah, talking about coming back, <laughs> right? Like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe next show or a couple shows yeah, down. Yeah, I was like, I, at least go, I packed them. Right, <laughs> gonna go work on my knees and quads a little yeah. bit before we get back into that again. Goals, right? Goals, <laughs> yeah. Goals. Exactly. Cool. Well, That's brave. Yeah, right. It, it felt a little too brave. Yeah, with the the show last night. Um, was there um, the, the people who were there who came to saw you, see you? Was it a, like new people, or was it a mix, or was it like your kind of your core fan base? Oh my god, it was so nice um, because I think it was a lot of people's first time that were like followers from the record. Okay. So that like like my Instagram friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those people. Yeah, those people. people yeah. The pandemic friends or yes, pandemic exactly. fans. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah, so that was really cool. I it's funny um you know, uh Pamela, I don't know if I saw her like she was there. She like tagged yeah. me in a story. Yeah. But like I don't 
I'm like, I'm like, did I not see you or did we talk and I didn't know it was you because of a mask? Because that's the other thing sometimes. Right. It's so hard right. to be like at one of the at a different shot. And if it's just like, exchanging pleasantries as you pass by. And, right. and the sound thing, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's such a different experience to be like, holy heck, I haven't had to concentrate yeah. on like listening and like right. tuning out. At that shit. level, too. At that level. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a lot. Um, and also chirp people, which was really nice, too. That's awesome. I mean, Marietta's also from OFL, also volunteers there, too. Okay. So we're, we were, it was kind of like a chirp show in a way. So that's, I mean, it, that's just cool that, again, that's, that brings back that kind of community vibe to your, yeah. your bill, which is always nice to have, too. It's, you know, not necessarily a click thing, but it's like you guys are involved in the same things and... It, it's just refreshing to see that. And then kind of your first step back out, they're there for you. A hundred percent. And they're with you at the yeah. same time. They're all taking that step together. So, yeah. No, yeah. it definitely is. It's a musical friendship community, which is really cool. nice. You always have something in common, which is cool, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and there's so much knowledge, too. That's yeah. And with that, we're wrapping up our episode. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Danielle Signs of Impulsive Hearts. Check out the latest release, Cry All the Time. It's on all the major streaming platforms along with uh, the impulsivehearts.bandcamp.com uh, for physical media versions. Uh, they have some really cool vinyl options and some merch packages that go to support uh, the charities that Danielle works with and volunteers for along with ones that are important to her as well so uh you can also check out uh girlsrockchicago.org and uh chirpradio.org which uh, danielle is involved with and all this will be on the feature page for danielle signs uh in this episode at rockinchicago.org this is eric oldman and thank you so much uh we're going to close out with one last track from impulsive hearts this one is called cry 